Welcome to Destination CMO, a podcast about growth, business, and the power of marketing. With your host, Vincent Famvan, a three-time chief marketing officer, member of the Forbes Communication Council, and a 40 Under 40 award recipient. On this show, we invite our guests to share the most important stories happening today in business and tech told through the lens of a senior marketing leader. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Destination CMO. I am so excited to welcome our guest today, who is going to be Mark Evans. He's a fractional CMO, and he provides strategic advisory services, mostly to B2B SaaS companies. And Mark's approach focuses on positioning, on messaging, on content-driven growth plans. And so you know, he's essentially helping companies stand up the foundation to make their future performance marketing, their future lead gen efforts be successful. Mark's also a podcast host and a published author. He's recently coming out of with the second edition of his book, which is called Marketing Spark. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Vincent. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you and the marketing community. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. You know, a lot of the times uh, when you think about like marketing freelancers, at least for me, what comes to mind are the copywriters, the graphic designs, designers, the web developers. And, you know, on the finance side, fractional CFOs or fractional chief financial officers are pretty much very well known that a lot of early stage companies or smaller organizations use a fractional CFO. But in the marketing space, like, tell me a little bit more about this fractional CMO. You're right. Uh, in the startup and tech communities, the fractional CFO was a well-known commodity. You don't you don't need a full-time financial resource, but you do do need someone with deep expertise to help you when needed. And so you can get somebody for five or ten or twenty hours a week. And it, it's only been in the last, I would say, two or three years that the idea of a fractional CMO has really started to emerge. Uh, Companies have realized that they can eat their cake and have it too. So they can get somebody who has experience and expertise, who's been there and done that, but they don't have to pay them a full-time salary or stock options or perks. And if if the relationship changes or the company's marketing needs change, you can always end the engagement and then engage somebody else who has different skills, or you can hire somebody full-time. So it's been really interesting for me to see the rise of the fractional CMO, because when I pivoted into that kind of activity, the landscape was pretty quiet. There wasn't a lot of people like me around, and only in the last six months have I seen it really start to gain momentum. That makes a lot of sense. When you take a look at average salaries for a full-time in-house CMO, like those average salaries oftentimes can be 200 to 300,000 when you take a look at like all comp all cash compensation, you know, including uh, things like bonuses. But the, er- the early stage work as well, like a lot of the work for a startup is in product development. And a lot of the work early on in, you know, in growth is really just like hustle and straight up sales, right? Go get the conversation through networks, like do whatever it whatever you need to do to be able to get the conversation and just sell in the first two to three clients through pilots, whatever, whatever it takes to be able to get logos on the board, you know, it really isn't until a later stage when you start doing the content marketing, the, you know, PPC advertising, the attending trade shows and things like that. And so in the early, in the early days, you know, it doesn't matter how good a company's blog is going to be 
it's just the wrong work for the wrong for the wrong stage early on. How do you how do you go about you know finding the clients? I think it, you know it's pretty well known. You know if you're a marketing director or a marketing VP and you're applying for a full time CMO role, you know that kind of playbook of go on to Indeed, find the jobs, apply to them, you know network through your relationships um, is kind of pretty well known. But you know this fractional CMO side is a, a little bit more hidden behind the scenes in terms of how somebody lands one of those. You're right. It is a challenge to find fractional uh, CMO opportunities because a lot of companies don't know that they first, they don't know that fractional CMOs exist. So that's an entirely new concept to them that they had to have to get their heads around. What is a fractional CMO? Is it a part-time CMO? Is it someone who specialized? So that's, that's challenge number one. And the second thing is that the idea of actually hiring someone part-time versus full-time is something that they need to consider. So it's almost like you need to hook them with the idea that you can help them create a marketing strategy. And then mm -hmm. once they recognize that, then you say, well, you know, I've got this fractional CMO service and this is what it involves. There's, there's a lot of education up front. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, for example, educating people on the roles and responsibilities of a fractional CMO, how they're different from a marketing consultant, or for that matter, a full-time CMO. And once people understand the concept and recognize that it involves both strategic oversight and you can manage tactical execution, it becomes a lot more attractive, particularly if you're a early stage company and you haven't got that big marketing budget. Mm -hmm. And every dollar counts when you're spending money on marketing as opposed to product or sales. So they come around to the idea, then and many of them get very excited because they get what they need and they don't have to pay full freight for it. Right. And you know, the, and what you're saying is not a surprise at all, right? Like marketing is marketing. A job interview is a job interview. Like the, the difference in a four a full-time role that's W2 versus a contract uh, role that's fractional doesn't change the fact that at the end of the day, you're, you're showing a company how you can help them grow. Right. And so, you know, that's something that's con consistent across both. And, you know, you bring up a good point in terms of um, in terms of treating like your LinkedIn profile, essentially the same way as you would with a job interview, but you know, you're, you're marketing yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have discovered over the last three years that LinkedIn is sort of the new way where you connect with prospects. I mean, before it was obviously a classic, I'm looking for a job or a job's looking for you platform. And now it's it's a sales and marketing platform. I mean, you can talk about the fact that it's about content, but it really is about sales and marketing. So what you're trying to do is show people without being too crude about it, how smart you are and whether and that they'd make a really good decision if they hired you. So mm -hmm. what I found is that by providing insight and thought leadership and prescriptive advice on how to do better marketing and about marketing leadership from a strategy and tactic basis, yep. it builds confidence because that's all we're trying to do from a sales perspective is build confidence and educate people on the fact that you could be the one to help them move forward with their marketing. And what's really interesting and this is as much as you'll get engagement, people will comment or they'll reach out to you and, and connect, make connections. There's a lot of lurkers on LinkedIn who are watching what you say, uh, reading your content, getting a feel for what you do and who you work with, but they'll never reach out to you. They'll never connect with you, I mean, but yep. then they reach out to you out of the blue and you're going, who are you? And they say, well, I, I'm, I follow you on LinkedIn. I read all your stuff right. on LinkedIn. And that's the power of LinkedIn because it, it just provides you with a constant presence in a very popular platform. 
hundred percent. I mean, getting really tactical for somebody who might be interested in taking this journey of becoming a fractional CMO. It's like all the things as a marketer that you know already, right? Like clear calls to action. Hey, look at this. Let's get in touch with a link external. And I bet if I click this, it's going to take you to a page where you can fill out a form and get in touch just like that. Right. And then, you know, making it super, super clear in the headline, in the banner, exactly how you can help somebody and, you know, the benefits for somebody else. But I always get surprised, you know, from folks who, who say like, you know, I, I, I never, you know, post content on LinkedIn or I never comment on LinkedIn because nobody's going to see it. And yet, you know, some of the, the best ways of being able to get visibility is really just to leave comments on other people's, um, on other people's posts. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple couple answers to that. One is that there's there's four C's to LinkedIn when it comes to marketing. One is obviously about content. Second is about comments, which are as powerful as content. Because if you weigh in on somebody's post with a really thoughtful comment, people go, well, who is that person? Who is Vincent? Mm-hmm. I have to check them out. The third one is connections, which I think are vanity metrics because it's easy to connect with someone on LinkedIn and most of us accept most connection requests. But the most powerful one especially if you're trying to build a business as a fractional CMO is conversations. Mm -hmm. And that's where I reach out to people. I look for windows of opportunity from a sales perspective and I'll reach out to them. I'll say, Hey, Vincent, big fan of your content, or I love what your company's doing. It would be great to jump on a call and compare notes. And the other sort of important message here is if you want to become a fractional CMO, if it's a path that you want to follow, you not only have to do, the marketing work for clients, but you also have to market yourself. And that's one of the biggest challenges for people who want to get into consulting, who want to embrace the fractional lifestyle is you have to do the work, but you have to sell the work as well. And you're always selling, you're always doing, and you're always selling. And it's a constant juggling act to make sure that you're doing both at the same time. And and a lot of people have a hard time selling because it's just not natural to them. They're just not used to being out there and soliciting business. So if you're thinking about it, it's just a reality of, of running a business. You're running a fractional business. So you got to be in marketing and sales all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the networking, you know, the networking compared to a full-time CMO role is very similar, right? You're reaching out to founders, you're reaching out to CEOs, you know, you're trying to get coffee or do, you know, do a virtual, you know, zoom coffee. And you're really just like, asking about, you know, hey, what's the vision for what you're building? What's the product that you're building? And you provide a little bit of feedback on, you know, what you think the the playbook would be in the first 30, 60, 90, 120 days. And, you know, if they like the strategy and it resonates with them and it's aligned with the way that that you already market, inevitably that's going to lead to a conversation about, hey, like, would you be interested in building this? But like so many of those conversations can simply just start out with like, Hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm meeting, I'm out there meeting CEOs. I'm out there meeting founders and just want to, you know, just want to grow my network and provide help where I can. Yeah. What I'm doing is I'm selling, but I'm not selling if it, mm-hmm. if it, it's soft selling. So I'm just having conversations. I'm a nice guy. I'm interested in what you're doing. I'm an ex reporter. So I'm good at asking questions and people mm-hmm. like to talk. And, and what I found actually, if you give them advice, free advice, good advice that just out of the goodness of your heart, because you just want to be a good person and do the right thing, you start to build trust. And they start to look at you as someone who maybe I could hire this someone, some, this person down the road. Or the other thing is that I have a friend at another company and they're looking for a marketing person. I should introduce them. So you're, you're trying to build credibility. And the best way to do that is just offer really 
good insight uh, and don't have any expectations in return. Yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And you know that a lot of it too is is it might not happen right away, but you know you'll never know when somebody you had coffee with a year ago or two years ago, you know whether they're you know something comes up and they reach out out of the blue, whether that's for them or they're making an introduction, you know, to another friend. Yeah, in an ideal world, that's instant gratification. Someone sees your LinkedIn profile, clicks on book a meeting, you get on a call with them, you close the deal. But you're right, often you have a conversation a year ago. And then you forget about it. It's in your opportunity. It's in your CRM. And then you forget yeah. about it. And they circle back and say, we, we had coffee a year ago and we're ready for marketing. Because a, a lot of companies aren't ready for marketing. They're not ready for a mm -hmm. fractional CMO. But the time comes when they've raised some cash. They've got some momentum. They're feeling good about the idea of pressing on the accelerator when it comes to marketing. And suddenly they remember that you're the person who may be able to help them. And they reach out. And I love those conversations. I love them when they happen. Absolutely. How do you think about, you know, the uh, online, you know, if you do a search for CMO salaries, you know, you have your, your glass doors, your salary.com kind of estimates, whether, whether those are honed in or not, because, you know, it varies so much by industry and by, by company size. But how do you think a fractional CMO who's never done that type of a role should think about pricing themselves for the first time? That's a really good question. So if we look at a benchmark for a full-time CMO between two and $300,000. Let's look at that, the benchmark. A fractional CMO, assuming we'll, they'll give you half their time um, at, at most, because if you, if you hire someone for more than half their time, then basically you've got a full-time CMO. You might as well hire them. So I would say, and it's just sort of my experience in terms of a ballpark figure, you're looking at a probably between five and $10,000 a month. So it's 60 to $120,000 for a fractional CMO who become an integrated part of your leadership team. And they will uh, interact with key stakeholders, product sales, customer success, um, obviously with the CMO and the CEO, or it's probably the CEO. Um, and, uh, and so what you're getting is bang for the buck, but you're not hiring them full time. So at the high end, if you're working half time for a company, you're charging them $120,000, it's pretty, like they get what they need, but they can save themselves a lot of money. And I think that's the beauty of the fractional model is that you get what you need. You understand what it's, what it's like to work with a marketing leader. And at some point in time, every company at some point in time is going to need a full-time CMO. But if they've leveraged the fractional model and they have been able to efficiently use it and understand what's involved, by the time they hire, by the time they're ready for a CMO, chances are they'll hire the right one because they'll know what's involved. They know, they'll know who they need. They'll know the operating style and they'll know the skills and experience that need from someone to really help them move forward really quickly. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, the more often than not for a lot of fractional CMOs that I talk to, you know, when it comes time for them to hire somebody full time, that job, if you've done a great job so far, part time, like that job's your, yours to lose. You know, you have the opportunity to be able to join full time if you want to which oftentimes will come with the upside benefit of, you know, some equity over some type of vesting uh, schedule, or, you know, you can transition on and, and continue on and, and pick up a, pick up a new client. You know, what are, what are like the pros and cons that like somebody should think about? Like you, you've been on the in-house side as a marketing, as a, you know, senior marketing leader inside of a company, 
you've been on kind of the inside as a fractional CMO because you know in that world like you you do have the relationships across you know a C-suite and you know you're working as if you're a member of the team which is inherently different than being a consultant or an agency that's outside because like what a lot of these early stage companies you know are looking for is like they don't want to have to like explain the context of their product and their customer constantly to somebody who's at an agency like they want somebody who like lives and breathes and understands what they're doing well what are the what are the other considerations or like what are some of the things you wish you knew before you you jumped into the fractional world i don't know if it's the best analogy but it's being a full-time cmo is, is like being married you're totally committed it takes all your time you're very very vested you think and breathe about the company like all the time you're it's just part of you're very vested in its success and it's it's a singular focus and that's great because everything you do uh all your efforts and activities are focused on a single company and when it's successful you can reap the benefits and you can be the superstar who helped them get there the downside is that is that's your thing and and it's a very tenuous job being a being a cmo these days the average cmo lasts about three years which isn't a long time in the scheme of things, but it can be very rewarding because you've got a singular area of focus. Fractional CMO, the advantages are, I would say it's a better lifestyle, but the problem is when you get really busy, uh, it becomes, you can you become very, very busy, but it does give you the freedom to pick and choose the clients that you want. You can work with a variety of clients in terms of verticals and the, the, the types of the size of the company. Mm -hmm. The problem is it's kind of like dating. You, you're going out with somebody, you've got a relationship, but you're not with them all the time. You're still in that sort of, I'll see you once or twice or three times a week um, yeah. stage. And it's, you're not really part of the team. Like they, they like you, they trust you, they lean on you for strategic and tactical decisions, but you're sort of, you're still an outsider. They still, don't consider you one of them. So you, you don't get the hoodie, for example, uh, until you become a full-time employee. And, and I think that when a company does really well, it's a very seductive proposition to join them full-time. Because if you like the, the team, you like the product, you believe in the potential of the company, it's, it's hard to say, basically say, you know, maybe this would be the place where I'd want to hang my hat. And it, as you mentioned earlier, inevitably what happens is that they like you so much, they want you to join the team and then you got to make a decision. Do you want to be a member of the team or do you want to keep offering different services to different companies and, and, and maintain the lifestyle that you've had to pick and choose who you work with, where you work, uh, when you work. And, and that's, that's a hard decision for many companies, especially if you work with clients that are successful and you want to help them become even more successful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like when you think about like there, there's so much that a good marketer should ask during a job interview. At the same time, you know, there it's so little time that it's hard to get a full picture of what you would be getting into if you were to join a company full time. So the ability to be able to be somebody's fractional CMO, whether it's for six months, whether it's for 12 months, whether it's for 18 months before joining them, like you know exactly what you're walking into if you make that conversion to full-time employee. And like some of the things that are like so important to know is, you know, do you have a CEO or a founder who understands marketing or not? If it's somebody who doesn't understand marketing, you know, do they trust you in your guidance for your marketing strategies? And some of the other pieces that are just so important to make the difference between 
uh, successful marketing or not is, is their budget allocated for marketing effort that matches the strategy, the execution and the results that you're being held accountable to. And at the end of the day, do you own your budget? Like, do you truly own your budget where you can move dollars from one bucket into another bucket and that you can, you have the autonomy to be able to make decisions on um, headcount and where resources are allocated. Because if you, if you don't own that, like you're, you're not actually running the marketing, you're a, you're a co-pilot for the marketing. I think the other consideration is self-awareness as a fractional CMO. So fractional CMOs come in different shapes and sizes. They have different mm -hmm. skill sets, levels of experience. So for me, I'm I'm really good at building marketing foundations, brand positioning, messaging, content-driven growth strategies, tactical mm -hmm. oversight. But if you're looking for someone who's a performance marketer, that's not me. Or if you want to lean into SEM, that's probably not me. So at some stage, you can take a company as a fractional stage from point A to point B. Yep. But at some point, you have to ask yourself, if they are interested in you as a full-time CMO, do I have the right skill set to, yep. to take them to the next level? Is that me? And in, in some cases, you'll say, it's not really me. I think they'd be in better hands hiring a different type of fractional CMO who's got different skills or hiring a full-time CMO who's got different skills. So I think it's on you as a fractional CMO to act in the best interest of your client is to be honest with them and, and with yourself about whether you've got what it takes to take them from one stage to the other and into the next stage. That's something you got to think about. I think that makes sense in both worlds, the fractional CMO or the full-time mm -hmm. CMO, because it's very, very rare that one person will take a, a VC, early stage VC or private equity backed company from zero to 1 million, one to 10 million, 10 to 70 million, 70 to 200 and, and beyond, you know, I haven't seen too many instances where that's the same person. And the reason is because like early on the work zero to one is very, very different than the work 100 to 200. And I think that's the, that there's two components to that. Like you said, the, I think the first axis is like, is that your skill set, And is that what you're actually really, really good at? I think the second part is like, do you enjoy that work? Is that the work that actually gets you excited and that it's work that you you get energy out of doing because for me like i i love working on things that are new i love like being able to create something from scratch and like i've done the role where it's like cac optimization and you're like you're squeezing every single penny that you possibly can do out of it and it's like i'm probably okay at it but like if you were to ask me if I, if that's where i get my energy it's like no way that's not me but there's also going to be somebody else out there that I can hand a baton to and they take it, you know, the, le the next leg of the relay race where it, they're, they're going to be somebody where they're going to be a pro at it. But also, you know, they might get that might be the most exciting thing to them that they actually love doing. Yeah, I, I, for me, I love building marketing foundations. I love building, building those strategic narratives and helping companies position themselves as the option for mm -hmm. their ideal customer. And I found in my experience, it's probably a six to nine month engagement. Yep. I, you know, I, I do some great work, establish some foundation, really get them excited about how to leverage marketing and mm -hmm. take advantage of, of telling the stories in the right places to the right people. But at, at some point in time, that six to nine month point, their marketing needs change. And I recognize that I'm not the person for them. So I will specifically tell them, listen, this is what I'm good at, but I think you need to explore this type of marketing. 
and we should hire somebody else. And, and I will help companies hire a full-time CMO. Like I'll be their hiring coach or their hiring assistant and make sure that they get the right person for the right job. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, what, what about like the tactical differences, you know, when, like when you're in working with an agency, the agency client relationship is kind of well-defined, right? There's usually some type of meeting cadence. There's a scope of work that's defined up front. Scope of work ideally doesn't change throughout the project. You know, you're, you're typically, I don't know, sometimes you have a shared Slack channel. Sometimes the communication is email. Like how does that differ? And how do you think, how do you think about setting the right boundaries while also kind of on the other hand, kind of having one foot in the door and being part of the team? It's a good question because one of the challenges that I think fractional CMOs have is that they have to be watching marketing performance all the time. It's a 24 seven proposition because you're constantly tweaking the dials, looking to optimize or change your, your marketing activities. And that's the biggest challenge because you're not full-time and you're not spending all your time looking at the KPIs and making strategic and tactical decisions about how you can do better or how you can do different. But I think a key essence of being a fractional CMO is that you are ultimately responsible for making strategic and tactical changes when needed, mm-hmm. as opposed to an agency, which has a mandate to, for example, produce X number of blog posts a month or X number of social media uh, updates. Yeah. The marketing landscape evolves and it changes really quickly. And there's opportunities that you've got to take advantage of, or there's prospects that come in the door that require a certain marketing uh, participation. And you've got to be ready to move quickly and, and take advantage of those. And so that I think that's the biggest difference between a fractional CMO and an agency is a fractional CMO is a, is a catalyst and a, a change agent. Yep. And the best ones are have the ability to, to shift gears strategically and tactically really quickly so that a company can definitely take advantage of marketing opportunities. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. In, in some ways, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, the, the company expects the outcome of almost a full-time CMO without the, without the hours of a full-time CMO. And I think that's where a lot of it is just being able to be really efficient and I think focusing on the right things, the, a smaller number of things, um, but the ruthless prioritization, I'd imagine, would be the key to success, right? Absolutely. I think one of the things that fractional CMOs run into is scope creep. You start mm-hmm. with a certain things that you're supposed to do. You have uh, you know, a 30, 60, 90 day plan that you're working against. And as the company gets more excited about marketing, their demands on you start to increase. And that's when I think what you have to do from the get-go is establish the terms of engagement. How many hours am I going to give you? What are your expectations? What does success look like? What exactly do you want me to do? And then when you start to get feature creep or services creep, then you have to have an honest conversation with the CEO and say, listen, this is how many hours were part of original agreement. What you're asking for as you expand your marketing activities, it's a different level. So you've got two choices here. Either we can change the engagement or we can look to hire additional resources or you can look to hire somebody else. So I think that's something that you have to be looking for all the time because once companies start with a fractional CMO, once they get a little momentum, once you score some quick wins, you create some case studies, some one pagers, you update the website, um, you drive more conversions, they get more excited and they want to do more. 
And then yeah. you got to, you got to, you get some hard choices to make at that point in time. So how do you structure that? I mean, before we talked about kind of like how to come up with your hourly rate, you know, you know, essentially, you know, take your annual salary, add, call it 30% for benefits, 401k, healthcare, you know, contribution to social security taxes and the things that um, normally would be in there. You know, I could divide that by 52 weeks, divide that by 40 hours a week, even though 40 is kind of the, the baseline. So that gives you kind of like an hourly number for somebody. There's a lot of different ways that you could structure that though. Like, what have you seen? Like, what are, what are your best um, arrangements where it's mutually beneficial and, you know, incentives are aligned versus like, what, what did you price the wrong way that you would never do again? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good question. And, and pricing is, is art and science at the same time. So one of the things that you have to find out right away is why are they doing marketing? What are their expectations and what kind of marketing do they want to do? And that'll give you a sense of whether you're the right fit for mm -hmm. what they need. And it should also give you a sense of how fast they want to go and how aggressive they want to be and how many hours you've got to devote to them. So I think once you start to feel that it's in the 10 plus range, 10, 15, 20 hours a week, then you're firmly in, in fractional CMO territory. You are a part-time CMO and that's the type of engagement that they need. If it's less than that, if it's, you know, five to 10 hours a week, then it falls into what I call the strategic advisory role, which is a, a lower price package. It gives them the strategic advice that they need, but it doesn't give them that person who's going to be ingrained with the team and be an integral part of how they make strategic and tactical decisions. Almost, you're almost from the outside looking in and providing them with advice about best practices, things they should think about, um, guiding um, internal team members. And they're two different distinct roles. And a lot of it has to do with the, the time commitment, but it also has to do with how tight you are with the company. So I think you'll get a feel for either it's strategic or it's fractional CMO. And then it becomes, okay, how much fractional CMO do you need? If you need 20 hours, then that's a different engagement from meeting 10 hours. Yep. So as I say, it comes with experience, but in the early days, it can be a bit of a judgment call. You have to sort of, it's a gut call saying, I think they need this and this is what I'm going to charge you. Yeah. I think the other part that's also really important is what are the other resources to be able to accomplish the work? You know, it's a big, there's a big difference uh, being brought on for 10 to 15 hours a week, but you, but you, the expectation is that you're a Swiss army knife. You're the website, you're the logo, you're the colors, you're the copywriter, you're the blog writer, you're the brochure maker, you're the pitch deck maker, you know, all of the above. That's very, very different than coming in and, and somebody saying, Hey, I want your 10 to 15 hours focused on strategy. We have an in-house marketing manager and you can mentor and guide this person to be able to accomplish the work or if they don't have somebody in-house you know is there a separate budget allocated to be able to bring on an agency that can help with some of the tactical work but you know i've, I've talked to a lot of fractional cmos where if that's not aligned up front and they're expecting that you know all of that is going to be done within your 10 hours you know it basically sets you up to be able to fail before you even start that is a really good question because I think it's super important to get a lay of the land. If you're going into a situation where they have, they've done no marketing, they have no marketers, then you're building everything from scratch. And there's an awful lot of grunt work that has to go into 
establishing brand positioning, the go-to-market strategy, uh, the tactical plan, and then hiring people either internally or agencies. And that involves both strategy and a lot of administrative work. It's a totally different engagement than if you go into an organization and they've got a director of marketing or they've got a couple of junior marketers who are pounding out content and social media. And your job is to create that strategy and then leverage those people or change those people or augment those people with agencies. I think that it's also it's also important to sort of get a, an audit of what kind of talent they've got available. I'll give you a great example. I worked with a, a company that... Uh, made professional sports jerseys. And we were, went into this big website redesign project and I was trying to vet website agencies. And only a month into the project after we'd hired someone that discovered they had a really awesome designer in-house. And she turned out these amazing mock-ups and this uh, these amazing wireframes like almost overnight. And for me, it was a huge lesson is you really need to ask them, what do you got? What kind of firepower have you got? Because I'm yeah. good at strategy. You know, I'm good at bringing these skills to the table, but if you've got other skills that I can leverage right away, that's going to accelerate the process and yep. make marketing so much easier. Yeah, and I've worked with you know fractional leaders kind of across across different functions. You know, whether it's a fractional CFO or a fractional you know, CIO, CTO is also another common um, fractional role in in the startup world as well. But, you know, the best ones come in and, you know, their onboarding week, their orientation week, they're doing kind of the same thing that an employee would, right? They're going around, they're meeting different players, understanding roles and responsibility, who owns, you know, who owns what and what the lay of the land is um, from, from that week. And that's kind of one of the big differences is like a marketing agency or a marketing consultant might not come on and be able to do that. But, you know, one big difference for many fractional CMOs is, you know, they're they're in the Slack account. And so you can see kind of what's going mm -hmm. on in different channels. You can see, you know, conversations, you can reach out to people and to be able to, you know, have have discussions, set up coffee, you know, with them. And, you know, I think those are some of the pros versus, you know, as a consultant, it becomes really hard to be able to implement things, right? You're being paid to give your advice, but being able to take that through to execution, I think is probably one of the biggest differences with the fractional CMO is like the fractional CMO ultimately owns the execution of it as well. I think the best, smartest thing that a fractional CMO can do is come to the table with a 30, 60, 90 day plan and engage with the CEO about expectations and about what the journey is going to look like. Because the, the first 30 days is going to be learning about the company and the products and the roadmap, meeting people internally, talking to mm -hmm. customers, doing co a competitive audit, really getting a lay of the land. You're not going to do much, much strategic or tactical work. It's essentially just information gathering. And then as you get to that second 30-day phase, then you'll start to think about things strategically and tactically. And then obviously you'll gain momentum when you go into the third 30-day uh, period. But at the same time, what you also want to ask the CEO is what is what does quick wins look like to you? What can I do in the short term that can move the dial um, and help you from a sales perspective or help you from a lead gen perspective? And a CEO will love that because it demonstrates to them that you're all about adding value and you want to make a contribution right away. So you want to balance the education and the learning with the doing and position yourself as someone who's You've got a lot of energy, you've got a lot of ideas, but you also want it, you're a person of action. Yep. And and that's what a CEO wants to see. They want to make sure that they've made the right hiring decision. And then the best way to show them that is to do something that 
their sales team can use for lead generation and nurturing. And that's what I try to do uh, out of the gateway is just basically say, what do you want me to do in 30 days? What would look like, what would a big win look for look like for you right away? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so important to get points on the board as, as quickly as quickly as you can to be able to reinforce that hiring you was the right, was ultimately the right, the right decision. And, you know, the other thing about being able to put together that 30, 60, 90 day plan too, is you can start to productize your work because if you're mm -hmm. a fractional CMO and you're, you're doing, you're kind of taking companies from the same stage to the same stage, you know, a lot of that is going to be similar work and you might be able to bring in your team and that might be, you know, working with the same agency over and over again, uh, where, you know, it's an agency or a team that, you know, you work with, they know your style and that you, you know, the output, the time frame, and that it's going to come in under budget. Yeah. A business coach of mine, uh, Kevin Whalen, one of the things that I learned from him when I was getting into the fractional CML business was the importance of systems and, and processes. Mm -hmm. And he believes, and and obviously I'm a I'm a disciple of his of his beliefs, is that one of the most important things that you can bring to a company is marketing systems and processes, so that it helps them build a marketing engine. It's yep. one thing to actually to do tactical execution and get stuff done, because every company wants to get stuff done from a marketing perspective. But it's how marketing happens, who does it, who's responsible, uh, you know, what do workflows look like. And once you embed those into a company, you've actually done a huge part of the heavy lifting is that you've actually created a marketing engine, a marketing machine, as opposed to simply a company that does marketing. And that's right. one of the things that I think that a good fractional CMO will bring to the will bring into the mix is that there's a method to the madness. And that's comes from systems and processes. Absolutely. Mark, thank you so much for being on this episode. If somebody wants to follow your story or connect with you, where's the best place to be able to connect? The best place would be on LinkedIn. I post content on a regular basis, lots of stuff about brand positioning and customer marketing. You can also check out my website at marketingspark.co. And if you're interested in checking out my podcast, it's called Marketing Spark. Awesome. Mark, you, Mark, thank you so much for being on today. Wherever you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. While you're there, go ahead and jump over and subscribe to Marketing Spark as well. And you can follow Mark's journey. Mark, thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care.